What's up, Dream Warriors? Welcome back to another episode of a podcast on Elm Street. I'm Mark. And I'm Brooke. And this week we're coming at you guys with a poll winner, um, Brooke. This was your movie that you put up in the poll. Mm-hmm. And we are talking about 2015's Green Room. Yes, we are. Nazi punks, fuck off. <laughs> yes. Um, what made you want to watch this movie? Or do an episode on it, I should say. I don't know. We both... Well, I mean, I'm pretty sure you like this movie. But uh, yeah, we both really like this movie. Um, it's one of my favorites. And I just really wanted to talk about it. I think it's a, a fun one to discuss. Uh, yeah. It's batshit crazy. <laughs> it, it's a horror movie with sir patrick stewart in it i mean like come on yeah yeah um i remember when they first like announced this movie and i saw that he was in it i was like what this is kind of off his radar you would assume yeah yeah exactly like an indie slasher about nazi punks and shit i was like what the fuck (laughs) yeah (laughs) but uh yeah um i do really enjoy this movie i won't talk about that too much but just to to play off what you said, I definitely mm-hmm. do. I do like this one a lot. Uh, but before we hop into the movie and whatnot, what have you been up to this week? Um, so I've watched quite a bit. I'm not going to go through everything. I'm just going to name a few things I watched. Uh, for non-horror, we watched the Before Trilogy, which is uh, Ethan Hawke Trilogy. Um, and that's directed by Richard Link later, I think. Okay. But anyways, it's like before sunrise, before sunset, before midnight. And, okay. Uh, two of them are on IMDb's top 250 list. And like, I don't get the hype because like on Letterboxd, like they're really rated high, like, you know, four to five. And I, I just, they're okay movies, but I just, I I don't get the hype (laughs) around them. Um, And then uh, I watched a very weird Nick Cage movie. Um, (laughs) I'm watching like his older movies. And there was one he did called Birdie. Okay. And basically him and his friend uh, fought in the war. And then his one friend is like obsessed with birds. And after the war, his friend thinks that he's a bird. And he has to like try and talk. He's like in the psych ward. So he has to try and prove that he's not crazy. And I don't know. It was, it was fucking weird. Yeah, it's, it sounds weird. <laughs> yeah. So I guess it's not just like post 2010 that Cage has been doing like ridiculous movies. Yeah, exactly. Um, and then for horror movies, I watched three 2021 movies. Mm-hmm. Been knocking them off. Uh, I watched. Titane, I think yeah. that's how you say it. I think it's Titani. Titani? Okay. Yeah, like I looked it up online. I was like, how do you pronounce this? Yeah. Because I um, knew I was doing it wrong. Yeah. Uh, so I watched it. Um, it was pretty good. Uh, it's obviously the follow-up to Raw, the same director. Mm. Uh, I think it was good. It was very fucking weird. And Bettina actually watched it with me. I got her to sit through the whole thing. Nice. and Because uh, we just wanted to see what the ending was going to happen. Uh, but yeah, it's, it's pretty good. Cool. And then the other two movies I watched, I watched Sensor, 
which mm. came out last year. Um, it was an okay movie. The concept is really cool because it's basically this girl in the 80s in Britain. Like mm-hmm. she's going through all like the radio, na- or, sorry, the video nasties. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> shout out to radio nasties. Um, the video nasties that like took over in the 80s and really cool concept, but it just kind of lost me in the third act and the way that ended didn't really mm-hmm. like. And then last night, <clears throat> I watched a movie called False Positive. Oh, I've heard of that. Which is on Crave, actually. Mm. Um, not a good movie. I <laughs> did not like it. I was actually surprised because the main girl is Elena Glazer. I think that's how you pronounce her name. Okay. But she's that comedian. She has that show on Comedy Central with her and the other girl. Um <laughs> Uh, Fuck. Oh, Broad City. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Uh, so I didn't know what kind of performance we'd get at her. She did a pretty good job, but very disturbing movie. And the last shot of the movie is like fucked up and like super laughable. Like, oh my God. It's, it, I was dying laughing. <laughs> <laughs> There's a pretty good cast list on it. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's only an hour and a half, so I mean, it might yeah. be worth checking out. Hmm. So, yeah, that's pretty much it, though. All right. Cool, cool. Uh, I got to go back to my list. Here we go. <clears throat> um, yeah, so you found that list of 2021 horror movies, and mm-hmm. upon looking at it, I realized that I didn't watch a lot of movies, horror movies that were released last year. <laughs> <laughs> no. So I tried to focus a lot of time this week on banging out some of those. Nice. Um, and I also watched Point Break, which goes along with my Keanu movies. Uh-huh. <clears throat> um, but we recorded an episode with two chicks on Martyrs. So I watched that. Yep. Uh, I watched the Slumber Party Massacre remake, which came out last year. And uh, it was good, but it got hyped up a lot. And I don't, I, yeah, it's I don't got know. pretty good reviews. Yeah, I didn't really get the hype on it. Like, I get where the movie was going and whatnot, but I was just like, eh, it doesn't it doesn't hit for me. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I was telling you, I was watching this the one night. It's called The Black Book. Yeah. <laughs> um. So my second movie that I've given half a star on Letterboxd. Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, it was shit. Obviously. <laughs> Sarah and I watched Don't Look Up, which obviously isn't a horror movie, but uh, I man, I fucking love that movie. Yeah, it was fucking great. Uh, like some people absolutely despise it. I'm just like, why? It was so good. Yeah, yeah. And it it just it was perfect with everything that's going on in our world mm-hmm. right now. It was a different scenario, but it was the same type of shit that's going on. Yeah, and it it goes from like both sides. Hmm. Like, it doesn't yeah. focus just on, like, the right or, like, the left, you know? Yeah, exactly. Um, I watched Madres, which also came out last year, and it's part of the Welcome to the Blumhouse series. Oh, yeah. Um, it was one of the better ones in the series. I really enjoyed it. It okay. was not at all what I expected, but uh, I would definitely check it out. Nice. 
And lastly, I finally finished the Fear Street trilogy and watched 1666. <laughs> <laughs> you messaged me a couple weeks ago and you're like, it's really bothering me that you haven't finished it yet. <laughs> I know. I was, just, I was just like, I know, fuck. I just, I don't know why I didn't finish it. Like whenever I had the opportunity to, I just never did. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but yeah, that was my second favorite one out of the trilogy. Yeah. I am the same way. Yeah. It was it was pretty good. Yeah. Um, I also forgot to mention I watched Werewolves Within. Oh, did you like it? I did like it. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, It was kind of like I kind of knew who the person was going to be. That's the werewolf. Yeah. Um, But I thought it was funny and I Mm -hmm. I thought it was pretty good. Yeah. I I, I don't think I liked it as much as uh, the Wolf of Snow Snow Hollow. No, no. But uh, I thought it was a good time. Yeah. It was, yeah, just a fun brainless watch. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so uh, I watched one Keanu movie and a bunch of 2021 horror movies. Yeah. And that's about it. Oh, Sarah and I started watching Archive 81 on Netflix. Nice. I was going to start that today, but I have too many shows on the go right now. Yeah. Whenever you finish some of them, I definitely recommend checking it out. Okay. We're halfway through the season and it, it's fucked up, but it's really good. Oh, Sarah's watching it with you too? Yeah. I nice. I was watching the first episode. Or no, I was watching the second episode and she came in and she's like, oh, what's this? Blah, blah, blah. So I explained everything to her and then she sat down and started watching it and we ended up banging out two more episodes. And nice. I, I was pissed because now I have to wait for her to watch it and it's just yeah. a whole big thing. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, still watching... Uh, uh, squid games oh yeah i i'm not a fan wow okay i'm not a All fan right. okay i i don't know why maybe it's just because it got so much hype yeah but i was saying to sarah like it it doesn't feel like it deserves that much hype and i think it's only because it was like kind of like shocking at the time whenever it first came out and people were like oh my god like i can't uh-huh. believe this is actually what it is and blah 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 but how many episodes have you watched? I think we're on episode five, four or five. I would say keep going till episode six. Mm. Episode six is the best episode. Okay. Uh, yeah, it will tear your heartstrings out. Oh, I don't want that. <laughs> but uh, yeah, I don't know. I'd, I definitely keep going with it all right I, I, we're going i think you'll change your mind okay all right we're definitely planning on finishing it it's just mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. not exactly as good as i was expecting it to be yeah and uh for any of our listeners who are wondering why we haven't mentioned the new scream yet mm. uh that's because movie theaters in ontario aren't open yet they're closed again mm-hmm. so <laughs> hopefully by then of January, they're open. Yeah, they're saying January 31st. So Yes. That would be nice. It because would, yes. it is very hard to avoid spoilers on this fucking movie. Yeah. Anyways, I'm upset now. Thanks, Brooke. Let's, let's, <laughs> let's talk about this movie then. All right. <laughs> Cue the theme music. <laughs> Thank you.
Like we said in the intro this week, we are talking about 2015's Green Room. Before we start talking about it, Brooke, what are you drinking? So today, I decided to hit up the uh, international beer selection at the LCBO. Nice. And so I have, I'll try not to butcher this name. <laughs> I have a Erdinger Weisbrow uh Wise beer dunkel. Okay. Where's it from? Like Germany? Uh yes. Yeah. It's really good. Is it? Yeah. I don't think have we had a beer that we haven't liked on here? <laughs> it seems like uh, every new one it's oh, it's really good. Yeah, you didn't like that one I like. The uh beer true. one. Oh yeah, that's true. That's true. Um, I am having a whiskey on nice. the rocks, uh, 40 Creek tap room. Very nice. It's a little bit left in my bottle. So I figured I would dive into that and yeah. Very nice. Mm-hmm. What was that? Sorry. I'm, I put my glass down. That was like a triple tap. It sounded like. Well, I'll try to be loud. I'm. Drinking out of a glass, so you may hear some banging. Uh, that's fine. It I sounded like it, it sounded like you went boom, boom, boom with your glass. <laughs> All right. Starting off with the synopsis, a punk rock band is forced to fight for survival after witnessing a murder at a neo-Nazi skinhead bar. Hell yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, that that first kill was kind of wild. I mean, I gotta say though, I would probably put in that synopsis the nicest skinheads. Uh, some of them. Some of them. Some of them. I mean, yeah, there was a couple times where I was just like, you know what, like this guy's not too bad. <laughs> yeah. Um, I've never had a run-in with a group of neo-Nazis, so I don't know how they normally are. But I mean, we've watched. Well, I have. I've watched like SLC Punk and. Uh, fucking American history acts and shit like that. Yeah. But yeah. Anyways, <laughs> um, <laughs> this one was directed by Jeremy Solnier. Solnier. Uh, he did Murder Party, Blue Ruin, Hold the Dark, and Rebel Ridge, which is in pre production right now. Mm-hmm. Um, Murder Party, I watched uh, maybe like three or four years ago. Mm. Um, I really liked it. It uh, was definitely not a very high budget movie, <laughs> <laughs> but I liked it. Um, Blue Ruin, I've always wanted to watch because it's like the one he did, I think before this. Yeah. Uh, and it's a highly talked about one as well. Mm-hmm. And hold the dark came out on Netflix like last year, two years ago. Oh, okay. If you looked it up on there, you'd probably recognize it. Um, but I don't think I ever watched it. 
Um, starting off the cast list, we have the late, great, much too young Anton Yelkin. Mm-hmm. Um, he played Pat. Uh, he is known for his roles in Odd Thomas, which is a fucking phenomenal movie. Yeah. That doesn't get enough recognition. Uh, he was in the Star Trek remake and this, the second one. I uh, can't remember what it was called, but mm-hmm. uh, he was in the Fright Night remake, Hearts in Atlantis, Like Crazy, Alpha Dog, and Charlie Bartlett. Yeah. Man, Alpha Dog is fucking so sad. Oh, man, I know. That movie gets me every fucking time. Me too. And like his his character in it too, and the way he portrays him, I was just like, God damn, like Yeah. He he was such an amazing actor. Um yeah. and like pretty, go ahead, sorry. Oh, I was just saying I'm pretty sure that his uh like his family just got through the uh um the the fight with the, the car company or whatever. Yeah. Because of how he died. Mm-hmm. yeah it's a fucked up situation like he was unlocking the gate at his house or something and the car rolled back and crushed him yeah it's crazy so what are you gonna say i don't remember <laughs> <laughs> well, i was gonna say like he's he's such a good actor and he's like he doesn't get enough credit or he didn't get enough credit i don't think for no. what he was able to do yeah mm-hmm. um and this movie was his last uh, theatrical release um and yeah yeah he passed away in 2016 yeah fucking crazy yeah and uh him and i think Aliyah shock shakat yeah um, i think that's how you say her name they already knew how to play their instruments yeah i thought that was really cool mm-hmm. um i actually have that as a little bit of trivia well i just spoiled it for you thanks a lot asshole <laughs> Um, next up we have Imogen Poots who played Amber and the worst haircut of all time. <laughs> um, she is known for Vivarium 28 weeks later, black Christmas, the remake, uh, need for speed. And she was also in fright night with Anton Yelkin. Mm-hmm. Uh, and like you said, uh, Aaliyah Shawcat, she played Sam. She's most known for her role in arrested development. Yeah. Uh, she was also in the to-do list, Whip It, uh, Summer Camp Island, and Search Party. Wasn't she in uh, Final Girls? Uh, was she? Or was that just someone who looked a lot like her? Hmm. That's a good question. Oh, yep, she was. You're right. My bad. She's <laughs> she's also in Final Girls. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, and last but certainly not least, we have Sir Patrick Stewart, who played yes. Darcy. Um, he is obviously known for his role as Captain Picard in the Star Trek uh, The Next Generation series. Mm-hmm. Um, he was also in the X-Men franchise as Professor X. Uh, he was in American Dad, Family Guy, and just like a plethora of other movies like Logan, the Wolverine, anything to do with X-Men, basically. Um, yeah. Amazing actor. Oh, yeah. Yeah. <clears throat> so good, he got dubbed a sir. 
<laughs> yeah. Um, I don't know if you had anybody else. I did have uh, at least one person, yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, Joe Cole, who played Reese, the drummer. Yeah. yeah. Uh, he played John Shelby and Peaky Blinders. He was the youngest brother. Okay. Did you have anyone? No, I didn't. Um, I guess the other guy I recognized who played Daniel. Where is he? Actually, yeah, he did look. He was in uh, like Scott Pilgrim. I think he was in uh, Nightmare on Elm Street remake, maybe. You're right. I do remember his face in something that I just watched not that long ago. Uh, never mind. Oh, he was in Snow Day. I just brought up that movie the other day. <laughs> nice. Yeah, never mind. He does look like that guy from it, though. Uh, what's the movie that I'm thinking of? Yeah, I think it, yeah, I am thinking of A Nightmare on Elm Street. I gotta be. That's really bothering me now. What the fuck movie was it? Anyways. We'll figure it out another time. Yeah. I say that as I'm still looking through his fucking... I know, so am I. <laughs> uh, yeah, no, I don't see anything anywhere. I'm looking up uh, Nightmare on Elm Street. Oh, okay. Freddy versus Jason. Yes! Uh, Brendan Fletcher, he looks exactly like him. Yes, that's why I'm getting that fucking picture in my head, because it's like whenever he's screaming at them to wake him up. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yes, Thank you. (laughs) (laughs) Jesus. That was going to bother me for a while. (laughs) Oh my God. You'll never guess what I just fucking found on IMDb. What? There is a short movie came out in 2004. It's called Freddy versus Ghostbusters. What? (laughs) Every town is an Elm Street and Denver is no exception. (laughs) Oh my god. <laughs> we need to watch that. That's hilarious. That's wow. great. Yeah, so this guy definitely is Brendan Fletcher's um doppelganger. Yeah. Hundred percent. Yeah. All right. I'm glad we solved the mystery. Good job, Brooke. <laughs> <laughs> Shit. All right. Um let's dive into this movie. Let's do it. Uh, so yeah, they are a punk band. I don't think they ever say the name of their band, do they? Oh yeah, a bunch of times. Do they? What's the name of their band? The Ain't Rights. The Ain't Rights. Okay. And it then, sounds like just like a normal sentence. So it's like maybe I just didn't yeah. catch it. <laughs> well, whenever they get up on stage too at the bar, because on the marquee sign it says the Aren't Rights. Oh. And they get up on stage and they're like, "Yeah, we're the Ain't Rights or the Aren't Rights, whatever." <laughs> and then, then they start playing. Okay. Uh, so yeah, they are a punk band. They're like touring. I think they're in California right now. They're from DC, mm-hmm. and uh, they like all wake up just crashing a cornfield, and they'll just like <laughs> fall asleep. <laughs> it's like, how do you not wake up when you fucking crash your car? Yeah. But uh, they were supposed to play a show and. I don't know if it's their manager or just like a local guy, but uh, I think his name is Tad. Yeah. Um, he is like interviewing them and he's like asking them like, you know, why aren't you guys like on social media or anything like that? And they're like kind of like 
really punk because they're mm-hmm. like, ah, we don't want social media. We don't be like you no know, vert on there virtually and like tarnishes and stuff. Like they're, you know, they're they're all against that. And they're still releasing their music on vinyls. Like, yeah, they they uh, they make reference to like that they have enough enough tracks to make a seven inch if if they ever get it pressed kind of thing like yeah yeah just like nothing digital Mm -hmm. and uh tad did get them a gig but he lost his permit to the place because the last time he got a band there there was vomit and fecal matter everywhere (laughs) (laughs) so then he gets them another gig and it's like this little diner yeah (laughs) not a spot for a punk band no and uh, so they they end up getting like six dollars each <laughs> for mm-hmm. it. And Reese like wants to beat the fuck out of this guy, but they stop him. Mm-hmm. And then he's like, "Well, maybe I have another place." So you know, my cousin Daniel he uh, he has this group that they're they're playing a show, and he's like he's like, uh, "I'm not affiliated with them." Yeah. <laughs> so it's like they should have like asked before. Actually, I guess they did know that it was skinheads, right? Yeah. Because the way oh, I can't remember how he described it, um, but they knew right away what he meant. Yeah, yeah. And, and he's in, like, just uh, oh, go ahead. He said, like, just don't talk politics. Just go in and play your music, and like, that's mm-hmm. it. And they're like, well, I forget. They mentioned something about their music, like what they should play, and he's like, nah, play your older shit, like the heavier stuff. Yeah, yeah. And uh, yeah, so the gig is in Portland. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, and then they're on their way there, and he shows Pat one of the guys, Tiger. I think shows Pat like the the poster for the show. Mm-hmm. He's like, "Oh, it's really cool," and he's like, "Like I got an idea." <laughs> and uh, they get to the place, and you know it's all skinheads and you know sketchy people, mm-hmm. and their opening song is Nazi punks fuck off. <laughs> By uh, the Misfits? Dead Kennedys. Dead Kennedys, okay. Yeah. And I just wanted to, I meant to look this up to see if this was an actual band. Um, Cowcatcher. Oh, yeah. I hope not. Fuck. Yeah. There is a band called Cowcatcher, but I don't know if they're, like, affiliated. (laughs) Really? Uh, So, yeah, they're playing their gig. Um... And I really like this this shot of the movie whenever they like after they finish playing the um the Nazi punks fuck off and mm-hmm. you can see cowcatchers like in the the um the crowd. Yeah. And like the one main guy, he's like giving Pat like a dirty look. Mm-hmm. And then you see Amber and her friend are kind of like affiliated with them. Mm-hmm. Um and, like people are throwing bottles at them during their set. And then, like, they finish that song and play another song. And I love this. Everyone gets, like, into their headband. And then, like, they stop, start moshing and stuff. And I love yeah. how it just slows down. And it's, like, this, like, beautiful but violent thing that's, like, happening. Mm-hmm. That scene really made me think, like, like how they slowed it down. Like, it, it almost portrays, like, the surrealism of being a band on stage. Okay, yeah. And like looking down on the crowd and like everybody's just like digging your music and they're moshing to it and all that shit. Like it, it's got to be like a surreal feeling. Like no matter how big of a band you are or how mm. small of a band you are, just to have people there listening to your shit. Yeah. 
It's got to be sick. Yeah, exactly. Uh, so they finished their set. And they're set up in like this kind of green room. Green room. And oh. <laughs> what? The name of the movie. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, so when they first get there, the I think it's Gabe and Big Justin are like, oh, don't leave your shit in the hallway. You know, it's a fire hazard. Then when they come back, all their shit is in the hallway. They're like, oh, what's happened to the fire hazard? And they're like, I'm about to leave. And then Sam is like, oh, I forgot my phone. Mm-hmm. So Pat goes into the room. And does Sam go with him? I forget. No, she waited for him in the hallway. Right. So Pat goes in and Cowcatcher's in there and Amber's in there. And you see that her friend is on the floor with a knife sticking out of her head. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I got to ask, what would you do in this situation? Uh, probably the same thing he did. Like just fucking hightail it out of there. I, yeah, I'd probably wait to call the cops until I got out. Yeah, that was definitely a dumb idea. Because he he grabs the phone and they're not even like, he's like, we got to go, we got to go, we got to go. As he's doing that, he's calling 911. And I was just like, uh, that's probably a bad idea. Yeah, and like there's people in the hallway (laughs) and like big Justin's there. He's still trying to call 911 and then they finally stop him. And I don't know how they didn't beat the fuck out of them right there. But Mm -hmm. I guess like this group is really like smart and they portray them like a way you wouldn't think that they would act the the nazis yeah yeah and i mean that can all be attributed to darcy who's their leader yeah right because he he i talk about it later on in my review but like he has such a methodical way of everything Mm -hmm. like everything has to be done properly so that they don't look like they're the bad guys yeah and it's interesting the way that uh gay bat acts Mm -hmm. because he doesn't have his red laces yet which we'll get into in a little bit of Mm -hmm. the importance of that but he kind of seems like the boss in charge yeah when darcy's not around when darcy's not around because no he grabs the phone and he's like okay just stop stop calm down and then like the cops call back and Gabe is like super calm. He's just like, um, the cops call back and he's like, he says, Oh, there's been a stabbing. Like he tells them, like he doesn't try and make up some bullshit stuff. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and I love the scene whenever the cow catcher guy is in there and or they're in there. And Sam is like, well, what if she's not dead? It's like, there's no <laughs> blood. And then the guy just fucking grabs a knife and pulls the body and this mm-hmm. yanks it in when the bloods are pouring out. And he's like, oh, there it is. Yeah. Um, apparently that scene was inspired by a prison documentary that uh, that Jeremy Saulnier saw. Oh, really? On TV. Yeah. Yeah. It was just such an unsettling scene, how he just like drags her across. Like that's how far this knife is lodged into her head uh-huh. that he can't even pull it out. And her dead weight is being pulled by this fucking knife. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, so even Gabe is very smart because he, you know, he convinces these two twins to one of them stab another one. Mm -hmm. And basically like they're going to show the cops when the cops come that 
he's like the victim that this was the stabbing and not the real stabbing that happened. Mm-hmm. And they say, he says to them too, like if you do any jail time or anything like that, like we'll double the fee that, that we've paid you already. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Which would have only been $1,200. Um, not yeah. really enough to justify the jail time, but I mean, I guess if they're broke Nazi skinheads, then maybe. It's yeah. Hard. Did you get, I didn't write it down, but did you get any of the, uh, uh, what was it? Cause like the, these are mentioned $1,200, like the levels that they have to pay for their guys. I think. Mm, no, I didn't catch that. Cause he goes and talks to the guy who, who has the dogs. Yeah. And I'm assuming he's the bookkeeper because he says like Gabe goes in, he's like, I need six hundred dollars. Yeah. And the and the guy's like, Well, like, we need to keep the books balanced still. So it's like he mentioned something else. But yeah, I don't know exactly what the levels are, but Yeah, so I, I remember before they go, whenever uh Darcy's gathering all the red laces, he's like he mentions all like the different levels of how much each person's worth. Mm-hmm. Um but uh, yeah, so the cops come. They take away the uh, the two kids, I guess. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then this is when Darcy shows up, and Cowcatcher is playing their set now. I think. Um, sorry, I'm trying to think. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> and then is this whenever they they are locked in the room with them? Um. Because the, uh, oh no, sorry, the thing I'm reading right now is the singer of Cowcatcher asks Pat, he's like, before he leaves, he's like, hey, what was that second to last song you played? Mm -hmm. And Pat says, it's like, I forget what it was. But then the guy was like, oh, that's the one I did her to. Yeah. So like, he meant like killed her too, right? Yeah. Yeah. Okay, yeah. Just to like make them feel uneasy, I'm guessing. Because he, he mentions, he's like, that was a good set. And then he asked that question and then told them that. But mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. yeah, and then they get locked in the room with Big Justin. Who has a gun on yes. them. Yeah. And then all that other shit's happening outside of the room, obviously. And like you said, Darcy shows up at this point. Cause yeah, Gabe this is-, is when, yeah, Darcy shows up and he's like, he's right on things. Like he's not acting like irrational he's you know who knows that they're here okay tad knows they're here he's a cousin of daniel and then he's like go check their socials and stuff and then they find out like oh they don't have any of that shit so like socials and their yeah yeah. and like their emails and everything but then darcy mentions too like well if tad knows like who knows if they have another gig lined up and if they don't show up then they might start looking for them Mm-hmm. And like he just has every step of the way kind of planned out. Yeah. Right from mm-hmm. the get-go. Yeah. And uh so, so they're locked in the room with Big Justin, who he's been in a few things as well. He's a very yeah. recognizable uh face and mm-hmm. body. <laughs> yeah, he's a massive man. <laughs> yeah. And uh, so he's in there with them and Darcy's outside and he tells Justin to give them the gun. And then uh, he takes the bullets out of the gun, I think, and gives it. No, he gives them the gun. And then at what point do they attack him? Yeah, the band attacks him and takes his gun. 
Reese. Reese is somehow like a fucking MMA superstar and yeah. gets him in a, gets him in an arm bar uh, yeah. and threatens to break his arm. And the whole time that's happening, this is when Darcy and Pat are talking through the door. Yep. Right. Or when does the that power was- go out? Uh, power doesn't go out till later, right? later in the movie. Okay. It's after, because it's during uh, Cowcatcher's uh, set. Yeah, and then Darcy gets everybody out of the how, club. Yeah, exactly, yeah. But yeah, so they get the gun from Justin, and then this is whenever like they attack him, fucking Tiger bites him, and, <laughs> and then <laughs> Reese puts him in like the iron bar, and, uh, and now they don't want to give the gun because they're like, kind of going back and forth with Darcy, like, okay, we'll give you the gun for a cell phone. Darcy says no. And then, like, even whenever he's talking to Darcy, like, just the way, because that's Patrick Stewart, so it's just, he just seems like such a nice guy, because, you know, mm-hmm. he, uh, Pat says, okay, I'll give you the gun, but we get to keep the ammo in, then, you know, Darcy's like, oh, that's a very good idea, you know, it's it's safe for everybody, you know, mm-hmm. like, he's being rational. Yeah. And this scene was originally shot with two cameras to show Pat's side of the door and then Darcy's side of the door, but they ended up cutting out the the visual aspect of Darcy and just had it so like they were talking to him through like through the door because they didn't want his like stage presence kind of thing to to take yeah. away from the scene. I like that. Yeah, yeah. I'm glad they went with that. Hmm. I can't. How did they get the gun from? Justin. Well, because uh, Darcy told him to give, to give it to them. them. Right. Yeah, yeah. 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 And he took the bullets out of it. Or yeah. The cartridges. Sorry. Cartridges. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so yeah. Now, because um, they won't give the gun up, so now Darcy has to guess pretty much go to the next level. Like he, this is where it goes through like the amount of it costs for each person and like the gang uh mm-hmm. and he says that he wants the red laces only um so the like red laces is basically it's you earning not really earning your spot but it means that you've uh drawn blood or drawn blood before i think yeah and like you're you're a trusted member basically mm-hmm. with information yeah i looked that up too just because i wanted to see what the significance was uh-huh. And and it said like racist skinheads will often randomly attack non-whites just to earn their laces. Yeah, which is crazy. Yeah, it's fucked up. Um, so yeah, now they're sitting in the room. Uh, Justin's like on the floor sitting, and Pat asks Amber if he can search her friend. So he searches her, finds cigarettes, blah blah, and then finds like a napkin, and on it is written. Fleisch wolf yeah and they're like well what's that mean uh amber says fleisch is i forget what it what it was but basically that song is was the cue to take her and kill her i think yeah and uh it wasn't amber in that in this conversation it was uh it was sam oh okay and it means flesh, like flesh is flesh or skin or something like that. Oh, okay. So they're like flesh wolf, like what the fuck's that? And then later on we find out what it actually is and that it was the cue. Yeah. Because I don't think we learned in this conversation that it was the cue for them to kill her. 
No, no. <clears throat> and then this is whenever the power goes out for like uh, a couple of minutes. Mm-hmm. And uh, Tiger, I think, or Pat, one of them notices like light coming from underneath. Um, so they knew there's another room underneath them. Yeah. They thought it was daylight, but. Oh, did they? Okay. Yeah. Uh, and then I really like this line from, I think it's from Darcy. I forget who he's talking to, but he says to someone, this is a movement, not a party. Yeah. And then he gives uh, Coke to Cowcatcher to keep them like from partying for a few days so they don't talk about anything that's happened. Mm-hmm. And then he later find out that he gave them a bad batch yeah. of Coke. I think it's heroin. Oh, heroin. Okay, But that regardless, because yeah. like once they get into that room that's underneath the room that they're in, they find like fucking stacks of it. Yeah, it's like a lab pretty much. <clears throat> yeah. Um, but yeah, when the power goes out, uh, they're trying to figure out how they can keep Justin where he is. And mm-hmm. then Amber uh, lights a cigarette and says and gives it to Justin and then she says, if the cherry does something you don't like, just shoot him. Yeah. Yeah. Because at this point, they have the bullets back after, uh, uh, what's his face? Put him in the arm bar. Yes. Yeah, so, yeah, now this is the part. Yeah, they have the gun and the ammo at this point. I just noticed. Because mm-hmm. they the lights come back on, and then they decide to give the gun to Darcy, but keep the <laughs> ammo. Mm-hmm. And man, this whole scene, just so much shit happens. Holy shit. Yeah, Yeah, it's fucking nuts. (laughs) He, so Pat decides to give the gun to Darcy. So he starts handing it out. But then before that, like, uh, Reese says to Sam, okay, like, hold the gun there for a sec. And he's like, just get on the floor. And then he just gets in the position of (laughs) armbar, you know, just in case, because Justin is a fucking large man. Yeah. So he gives the gun to Pat, and Pat takes the ammo out, and then he starts to hand it to Darcy, and Darcy's like comes towards him, and he's like, "No, stand back! Like I'll just toss it out there or whatever." Mm-hmm. And Sam is or Amber's on the ground looking through like the grate, yeah. And then he hands it out, and then she notices all the fucking red laces, and I love that shot. Like, yeah, it's so like suspenseful because mm-hmm. you just she looks over, you see all the red laces, and you're like oh shit, some shit's about to go down and you, you don't see what happens exactly. Mm-hmm. But he's like getting pulled and he's like screaming and stuff and then they finally pull him back and his arm is so fucked up. Oh man. Like, <laughs> I don't know how his hand is still on, but... it Like literally by threads. Yeah. And then during all this chaos, fucking Reese just decides to break Justin's arm. Yeah. <laughs> For no reason. Well, I think Justin was like trying to lift him up with his one arm. Oh, was he? Okay. And then Reese just fucking slams it down. <laughs> and I was like, Jesus Christ. Yeah. Oh, man. Uh, so, yeah, Pat's arm is barely together. And um, and then uh, now then this next part, they have fucking Justin in. Uh, Reese has Justin in like a... Um, a chokehold he's trying to put yeah. him to sleep and he's like hold them he's like okay sam tell me when is out 
And then he's like, oh, he's out. And then it's like, no, he's fucking not. This man is huge. You're not going to put him to sleep. (laughs) And then he has him like locked up and gets him to sleep. And they're like, well, how are we going to know if he's out? And then Amber just, this is fucking nasty, man. Mm -hmm. Like as slow as you can be is not even like a heads up, just slowly slights his belly. And it's like, oh my God. From like literally like groin area to like his sternum with a box cutter. Yeah. It was like, like, you know, whenever your fucking zipper breaks open on your coat, that was his stomach. Yeah. I was like, God damn. And like, she had zero emotion doing it. It was, it was like, it was just part of her fucking day job. She just walks up and goes, zoop. Yeah, like, like the whole the time fuck? she's even with it, they had the gun on him. She's just like, oh, I just fucking shoot him. Yeah. You know, like she just didn't give a shit. Yeah. I think that was like, well, it was obviously the residual effect of her witnessing her friend get stabbed in the head. Yeah. Right. She's just like, I don't give a fuck what happens to these assholes. Uh-huh. Just kill them. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, they, they break the, the floor and then they end up going down there and they you see it's like a heroin lab or meth lab or whatever. And there's a ladder going out, but it's locked on the other side. So they can't get out. Mm-hmm. And at this point, Reese just says, fuck it. He's like, I'm just leaving. Like, yeah, you know, there's nothing we can do in this room. There's literally nowhere to go. Mm-hmm. So he's like, fuck it. I'm going, you guys can close the door behind me and you can do whatever you want, but I'm out. <laughs> yeah. And then when Tiger's down there, he finds duct tape and, <sighs> Decides that duct tape, I guess, is going to help Pat's arm. Mm-hmm. But can you just imagine taking that off? Yeah. The first time I watched this movie, that's all I could think of. I was just like, w- uh, when they have to take this duct tape off, that is going to be excruciating. I mean, it's going to make it worse. Yeah. You would think. Like, duct tape has like that sticky residue on it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> and on this watch through, I was like, well, they could just like get like their surgical scissors underneath it. But then I was thinking like, they still have to like pull the duct tape off. Yeah. Right? I was like, fuck. But yeah. He tapes up his whole arm, like from yeah. his, his wrist to his bicep, basically. Yeah. There's no like skin in between. Like, it's just like, mm-hmm. like a hockey stick. He's fucking wrapping up. Yeah, exactly. And, uh, so now they're like just sitting there. Reese, um, uh, Reese hasn't left yet, but he's about to leave. And then Pat starts giving like his little pep talk, <laughs> mm-hmm. which is actually a real story. Yeah. Uh, about a paintball story. Mm-hmm. Basically going on like how his friend, they're at paintball and they're playing these like pretty much army vets and just got destroyed. And then this one guy, I forget what his name was, but, uh, he just said, fuck it, and just like went all out. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, just ran right into them. <clears throat> and uh, I forget who asked the question, but someone asked like, okay. Oh, because during the interview at the beginning, he asked mm-hmm. them, what's one band you would bring with you on a desert island? And they answered like their typical, you know, answers. And, then, and Pat doesn't answer, but he's like, can we edit this out? And then yeah. they like says no. But then at this point, uh i think sam says simon and garfunkel <laughs> um reese said prince <laughs> yeah 
uh and uh yeah pat doesn't say, say his yet but uh, mm-hmm. so they're all again hyped up to go out there they got their weapons they open the door there's no one there and i don't know why sam just fucking hawked her light bulb <laughs> right at <into> the door <laughs> uh, I, I don't know if she was like if she was expecting somebody to be there or what but yeah I feel like it would do more damage if you just like hit them like when it was in your hand. Oh yeah, for sure. <laughs> or stab him with the end; it was broken. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But uh, yeah, so they get out there. There's nobody in the whole uh, place, mm-hmm. and they don't last fucking long. <laughs> or at least no. At least two of them don't. Uh, right it's- away. Yeah. Right. Oh, go ahead. I was going to say the scene was fucking insane. Yeah, just right away, they're like in where the, the the band was playing, basically. And a dog comes in who is uh, Clark. He like owns the two dogs. They're like purebred like German dogs, like speak German, you know, all that shit. Mm-hmm. So the one dog comes and t- Tiger doesn't stand a fucking chance. This dog rips at his throat so fast. Yeah. And then Reese, he is in like a room and he gets out a window. He's barely out the fucking window. And is it Daniel? Yeah, Daniel just comes right up and just starts stabbing the fuck out of him. Was it Daniel? I think so. I wasn't sure if it was him or if it was one of the red laces. I think it was Daniel. Mm. But uh, anyway, and then Gabe comes up and is like, no, stop, stop. Like, enough. Like. I don't know if he wants to keep them alive or just trying to help them out or what. Well, because they want to make it look like, like they were defending their property. Right. That we find that out later on. So like, if it looks like if he's got like 45 stab wounds, like that's going to look pretty suspicious. Yeah, that's true. Uh, Yeah. So Reese, well, Reese is technically still kind of alive. Uh, Tiger's dead. Um, Yeah. Barely. (laughs) Uh, Amber is getting attacked by the dog up on the stage and she's like hitting him with the microphone. And then all of a sudden Pat comes up and puts the microphone on the speaker, which like makes the, uh, what's it called? The feedback feedback. Yeah. It scares the dog off. If you've ever been to a shitty concert venue in a bar, you know what fucking microphone yeah. feedback sounds like. Yeah. <laughs> Um, and actually, I wrote down what the flesh wolf means. It means meat grinder. Well, they they mention it later on. Yeah, this is at the part where they mentioned that the meat grinder was the song that uh, mm-hmm. was the cue. Yeah. Um. So yeah, they're back in the green room because they really got nowhere. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and then outside, this is whenever you know they're. The skinheads are like making their, they're just going to go right in and they're like very particular. They're like, okay, blades only, don't hit the bone and sloppy is okay. Mm-hmm. And then you find out that Worm, um, who Who's was, yeah, go ahead. The lead singer of Cowcatcher. Yeah. He found out that Emily, who was the girl that he killed, was going to leave with Daniel uh just leave i guess the group mm-hmm. and I'm, I'm guessing worm was dating emily or maybe he's just super against or maybe he was a part of what happened last easter 
Yeah, maybe. Because they find his, they open his trunk and they find all the stuff. And then they find the bat. And uh, Darcy tells Gabe or Daniel, he's like, you know what this is? And like, this is the bat from last Easter. Like they're supposed to destroy this. Mm-hmm. So I'm guessing some bad shit went down and they, maybe he killed someone with that bat to get his red laces. Yeah, true. So yeah, Daniel, wait, what happens at this point? Well, Daniel and Gabe go to the room and this yeah. is, this is when Daniel finds out that worm killed Emily. Cause Daniel was going there to kill the band because Darcy was making it seem like the band killed uh, Emily. Oh yeah. Right. And then Daniel ends up showing like Gabe goes out somewhere. He like, he leaves the room because yeah, Daniel's in there by himself. Right. When this yeah. Happens. Yeah. So then Daniel guides the three of them downstairs where they have their gun stashed. Yeah. Um, and then Darcy has like another, crew of people that are ready to come in and just as daniel's pulling the guns out from underneath the bar the big fucking bartender guy shoots him in the face with a fucking shotgun yeah because he he was the bartender that was filling in yeah so i think because he pulled out the ammo and i think he was going for the gun but before he did the bartender's like oh you're too late and he had the, the shotgun i think from under the bar oh okay and then yeah that I totally forgot about that because he just gets his face blasted off. That fucking took me by surprise. <laughs> like, <laughs> me too. Came out of nowhere. Yeah. And uh, so Daniel, yeah, he got his face blown off. Um, and then who kills the bartender with the machete? Was it Pat? Pat. Pat yeah. yeah. And then I I was type of the notes. I didn't see. How did uh, Sam get killed? A dog again. Oh, okay, it was a dog, right? Okay. Yeah. Because uh, the three of them run outside. So now they have a handgun, a shotgun, and a machete. Yeah. And, uh, <coughs> excuse me. Um, they start, like, they get into, like, a little bit of a firefight. And Sam's the first one out. Mm-hmm. And she shoots at them. But then they uh, they shoot Amber in the leg. And then they end up shooting Sam. And then sh- Sham. Sam <laughs> gets mauled by one of the pitbulls again. Right. Um, so yeah, now it is just Pat and Amber. They go back to the room and they're kind of like regrouping, like, you know, thinking. And then this is whenever Pat finishes the story about Rick and the paintball match. Basically, Rick didn't give a fuck. Mm-hmm. He was just going to pretend that they were in a real war. And so they like get all done up. He shaves his head. They put on face paint. And then outside, uh, Gabe gets his red laces from Darcy. Mm-hmm. And then he tells them tells him that he gave Cowcatcher a bad batch of uh, heroin or whatever. Mm-hmm. And then also the one dog leaves because uh, they got like the scent, the feedback, their own feedback from the green room to go through the whole building well this is one question that i had because clark injects the dog with something and he said this will keep him alive for another hour so i don't i don't know what was going on with the dog like if if clark was did one of the dogs get 
shot or or like stabbed or something? No, no, because at the end of the movie, you hear the one dog in his van barking. And then we keep getting the shot of the dog, like going to Clark, the one that he injected. Yeah. So I don't, I don't know if because the dog didn't do his job or something like that, if he like was euthanizing him or, but I can't see Clark doing that because he had like this really strong affection for these dogs. Yeah. I didn't catch that. Yeah. I'm not sure. I don't, I don't understand. Like he, like he put a needle into his neck and he's like, this will keep him alive for another hour. Huh? But yeah, I don't know. He said, keep him alive. Maybe he did. I don't know. Maybe something did happen to him. Yeah. I don't know. Because you do only see, no, because the one dog got chained up Mm -hmm. at the end. Yeah. So they're both alive after an hour. Yeah, exactly. I don't, yeah, I don't know. Unless I heard it wrong. I don't know, but. Yeah, probably. (laughs) Fuck you. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, So yeah, now there's kind of two skinheads. I I don't know their name. They're not really that important. (laughs) No, No. They seem kind of like young ones who are trying to maybe get their red laces. Yeah. Uh, but they get in there and they go into the room and Pat like turns around. He has like the machete, his shaved head. He looks fucking sick. Mm-hmm. Um, and then he hops down into the uh, meth lab. And then they're like, oh, what can we do? Like get Darcy or whatever. And uh, they're like, no, Darcy can't find out that we fucked up or that you know <laughs> they're doing this. So then they're about to go down and like when the one guy says like, you know, this is a trap, right? And he's like, yeah, no shit, but you can't let Darcy find out. (laughs) (laughs) So the one guy, he goes down with the shotgun and they have, I think, three shots left in it. Yeah. And then you see Amber is in the couch and she just fucking murks this guy up top. She just cuts his throat. The guy shoots one shot down and uh, Pat still um hiding behind like this little area mm-hmm. and then he ends up f- firing two more shots and he drops a shotgun i don't know why pat decided to pick up the shotgun and reload it so i feel like the machete would have done way more damage i think i would feel more secure having a gun than a machete uh, like, I think, like I think Jason might disagree with you. <laughs> Jason also can't die, but like you know what I mean. Like you have longer range with a shotgun. I just mean like yeah, but in that situation, the guy is facing away from Pat, and yeah. Pat drops the machete, grabs the shotgun, has to reload it with one fucking arm. That's true. Like the guy has his back to him. I feel like Pat could have just easily killed him with that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like he did with the bartender. Yeah, yeah. But like in this scene, Emily is so smart. Um, because she continues or yeah, sorry. I was reading <laughs> Emily. Um Amber <laughs> Emily's dead. Uh Amber is so smart because like she's not only distracting him by throwing these bodies down, but she at one point she hangs the feet down. So yeah. then he thinks he thinks she's coming down and he fires a shot. Yeah, because she blows the the fire extinguisher down there. Yeah. To hang the feet. And he's like, oh, nice try. (laughs) 
And he shoots the fucking leg of a dead person, and yeah. then he's out of bullets. Yeah. Yeah, I really like that scene, too. Mm-hmm. So. Yeah. Go ahead. I was going to say, Pat, like how you mentioned, he grabs the shotgun, and he's trying to load it, and then the skinhead grabs a hold of him, and he's a big bastard, too. Yeah. And they're fighting over this shotgun, and then Amber drops, I almost said Emily again, Amber drops down, and she has a handgun that she got off the guy that was upstairs. Yeah. And the way she kills him, man, I was like, Oh wow. This chick has some anger. <laughs> yeah. She's she, like behind him, just like slowly puts in bullets. <laughs> yeah. She puts one bullet in his neck and then like, so methodically just like pop, pop, like one in his yeah. neck and one in the side of his head. I was like, Oh, that's so badass. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> It was very like John Wick, John Wick esque, mm. like because you know how like he fires like fucking twenty shots into a guy, yeah, like he shoots him in the shin or the kneecap, and then he like shoots him in the stomach, and then he shoots him in the head. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Uh, so yeah, now they're upstairs, and they get upstairs, and then uh, everyone is left to the residence. I guess that's like Darcy's house. Mm-hmm. Um, except Gabe is there. He has to clean up. So he's like in there with the fucking uh, sprayer, whatever it's called. Uh, and then he gets to their room and then he sees them standing there. And he just like takes off his gloves. He's like, oh, I don't want to go to fucking jail. So he's mm-hmm. like kind of helping them out. But well, I guess he is helping them out a bit. Yeah. But he tells them that like everyone's gone. And that uh, the residence is like this way and he's going to go up the road and call the cops. Yeah. And Amber says, um, if you disappear, I'll find you. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, So yeah, he gets up to the road and he like sees some people and he's like, I need to call the police and you don't really see anything from there. But uh, Pat and Amber are making their way. They find their van and Clark and this other guy are kind of like, setting up the scene because they're making it look like uh, they were siphoning gas from them. Mm-hmm. And they get there. Pat, you know, tells the one guy has a gun. He tells him like, throw it away. And then Amber's doing the same with Clark and they're making like go up the, uh, Oh, he, Amber tells Clark to type the one dog. Mm-hmm. So they have Clark and the other skinhead that are ma- making their way up to the residence and then they see they have like their siphoning set up on their own car making it look like they were trespassing on their uh property Mm -hmm. and then amber has like she has a trigger finger man (laughs) (laughs) clark like barely says anything she's like stop talking and then clark says like one word and she just fucking fires a shotgun and kills him (laughs) And then, like, uh, Pat says, like, oh, I thought we were, what's he say? He says something about crimes. Do you remember what it was? Well, he, because she shoots Clark, and then he's like, oh, we're doing this, are we? Kind of thing, like, not expecting her to do that. Yeah, because she says, oh, I thought we'd leave a new one, like a new crime scene. Mm -hmm. Um, And then uh, Darcy comes out from in front of the car. And uh, Pat says, like, oh, it's funny. Like, you were so scary at night. Mm-hmm. And then shoots 
Darcy starts to walk away and then he uh, pat shoots him a bunch and kills him. Mm-hmm. And then you see the other dog who ran away before comes up and I love how they were just immediately going to shoot the dog. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. And <laughs> they just see the dog and they're sort of like, click, 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 click. <laughs> <It's> like, <laughs> okay. Like don't even give the dog a chance. Like, yeah, I know we killed two of your friends, but come on. Yeah. It's not the dog's fault. Mm-hmm. Thankfully they were out of ammo. Yeah. And then he just goes and like lies down beside Clark. It was I found sad. I was just gonna say that this that scene was like really sad because I had the the thought that like this dog's gonna die because uh-huh. of the the needle injection, and then he goes and lays with his head resting on his owner's arm. Yeah, and I was just like, oh, this is like actually gut wrenching. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um. Oh, you find out. That Tad and Worm are still alive. Yes. Now, I don't think you could, but could you get a sequel out of this movie? I think you could, but it it, it wouldn't be any good. No. Like you could, I don't know, they could go and attack the the rest of them, I guess. Because like Worm, he was still alive and he looked like he was fucking pissed off. Like, just eating his goddamn cereal or whatever the fuck that was. I took it as he was, like, insanely fucked up. Oh, maybe. Because it the, the shot pans across the room, and there's one guy who's, I'm assuming, dead with a needle hanging out of his arm. Yeah. And then Worm is sitting there watching TV, and he's just, like, like he's slack-jawed, and he's just holding the spoon in front of his face watching this TV. Yeah. So I took it as him being just like fucked up, like beyond oh. fucked up. Yeah, I guess so. with with the bad batch of heroin. Um, and then <clears throat> apparently the first and the last line in the movie are the same. Yeah. Uh, tell somebody who gives a shit. Mm-hmm. Because I don't, I don't remember that being the first line, but apparently it was. Well, because they wake up in the cornfield and they're like, "Shit." Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah, that makes sense. Because I was like, how can you open a movie with tell somebody who gives a shit? The word, not the fucking line. I know, I know. (laughs) (laughs) Because, uh, yeah, Pat's like, hey, I I finally figured out who would be my desert island band. And (laughs) Amber just like, tell somebody who gives a shit. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) That was a good way to end it. Yeah. Uh, Yeah. Um, Anything else you wanted to add or... I do, yes. So during that last little montage piece, I guess you could call it, like whenever we see Worm, we already talked about him, we see Tad cleaning up his apartment. Mm -hmm. And he mentions um, that his cousin Daniel and his girl are coming to stay with them, stay with him the next day or some shit like that. And whenever they, whenever the ain't rights first get to the Nazi complex. They say to Dan, uh, it's either Reese or tiger says to Daniel, um, like, just want to let you know if like you and your girl are, and then Daniel stopped him right away. And he's like, don't fucking talk about that. Uh And he's just like, well, I'm just saying like, and he said, don't fucking talk about that. And it's just, it's like very subtle foreshadowing for what's happening later on. Right. Because Mm -hmm. him and Emily are the ones that are planning to leave. Yeah. 
So I just thought it was cool. And like Tad obviously doesn't know that they're both dead because he's still cleaning up the apartment because yeah. he's expecting them to come and stay at his house. Yeah. So do you think Worm was a part of what happened last year at Easter? Or do you think that he just knew that they were leaving and like, is this maybe against like once you're in this group, like you can't leave kind of thing. Yeah. Is that why he killed Amber? I don't know. Like I took it as him and Amber used to date or something, but yeah, I mean, there's three different options there. Like him and Amber. No one. Yeah. No one knew that Daniel and Amber were a thing. I don't think. Right. Yeah, exactly. Except for Amber or, Sorry, did I say Amber or Emily? You said Amber, but... Yeah. <laughs> God damn you it. did what I did. <laughs> yeah. Uh, no one knew that him and Emily were together except for Amber. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, so I don't know. There could be three different three different yeah. options. Fair. I'm not sure. All right. Um, one last thing. I read it in the trivia. Uh, <clears throat> we never find out who Pat's Desert Island Band is. Oh, that's true, actually, yeah. But a lot of viewers felt that the answer to Pat's Desert Island Band is evident in the cut to a CCR track at the very end of the movie. But apparently that's not the case. Uh, Solnier is being coy about it, but he said that there are two correct answers. One that makes perfect sense given the context of the movie and how everything plays out, and there's another that is something that I whispered to Anton Yelkin on set that only him and I know. Oh, which I thought was really cool. So now only he knows. Sadly, yes. <laughs> <laughs> Could it be dead Kennedys? Eh, maybe. Imagine if it was like a neo-Nazi punk band. Yeah. And this whole time, just like... Just the least expected yeah. answer. But yeah, I thought that was pretty cool. Nice. That it? Yeah. Yeah, that's it. Cool. <clears throat> All right. Time for the reviews. Yes, this was y- your movie, so how about you give yours first? Sure. Uh, so I gave my story a 8.5 out of 10. Okay. Uh, I said it was a really well-written story with interesting characters most of the characters are really smart, especially Darcy, who is equal parts intimidating and smart. The way he meticulously plans out the whole thing is written very well. Mm-hmm. Um, and quality, I gave a 9 out of 10. Uh, I said, a well-shot and directed movie with lots of moving parts between the band and skinheads. Soundtrack is very fitting, and the performances are so good. Anton, Imogen... And Patrick Stewart were, were amazing, especially Stewart playing a role like this. Mm. So 8.5 and 9 out of 10. Cool. Cool, cool, cool. Um, I wrote a lot. Uh, I was <laughs> typing and I just couldn't stop. Um, so just forewarning. Uh, my story, I gave it a 9 out of 10. I said, the sense of panic and hopelessness I feel every time I watch this movie is crazy, um, especially because I know everything that's going to happen in the end, and like I still get that feeling. Mm-hmm. Um, but Solnir did such a great job at creating an atmosphere that is absolutely terrifying for the protagonists and viewers that it remains effective even after multiple watches. 
the Nazi punks are completely crazy. And then you add in a sort of mafia type feel to the way that they run their operation. And it makes them even that more scary. Um, like the way that Darcy acts so methodically throughout it and like just keeps everybody under control. Um, the only thing that keeps me from giving this a 9.5 or a 10 is the fact that I personally feel like they could have easily finished off the band and Amber before two characters took out an entire camp of like hardened killers. <laughs> yeah. Uh, in my opinion, there's no way the two of them could have came out of that alive in real life, no matter how much of a stickler Darcy was to sticking to his rules. And I loved the added research to Nazi punk culture and specific aspects of their ways. For example, like the red shoelaces. Mm-hmm. Uh, quality I give it a 10 out of 10 nice I said the acting was incredible the soundtrack was classic punk rock which I loved the interactions between all characters seemed so legit and almost like they weren't even acting um, I loved that they were able to get a huge name with Sir Patrick Stewart to come on board for it and that alone speak, speaks wonders about this script uh, speaking of something seeming real how about that fucking gore <laughs> <laughs> Every single instance of violence, blood, knife cuts, dog bites, stomachs being cut open and hands falling off. Like th- it felt like I was down a deep rabbit hole on live league. <laughs> uh, like this gore was so perfectly done. Um, the grungy punk rock bar scene really brought in some nostalgia for me as well. I did say I never hung out in Nazi punk bars, but just the dark, dirty, small bar setting with punk and metal music blaring reminded me a lot of like my old concert going days. Mm-hmm. Going to the shitty dive bars in Ottawa to watch punk bands. So yeah, uh, nine out of 10 for the story and a 10 out of 10 for the quality. Very nice. Very nice. <clears throat> All right. You guys know our scores. Let's head on over to Rotten Tomatoes and see what they've scored it. The critics' consensus. Green Room delivers unapologetic genre thrills with uncommon intelligence and powerfully acted A-Lan. Whatever the fuck that means. (laughs) All right. (laughs) Uh, um, I think I'm pretty sure this is certified fresh, if I remember correctly. So I'm going to go with a 90%. Spot on. Really? Right on it. Hell yeah. (laughs) Let's go. Uh, So yeah, 90% on 245 reviews and an average score of 7.7 out of 10. Nice. And the audience score, disappointingly, is a 75%. Ooh, on 10,000 ratings and a average score of 3.7 out of 5 or a 7.4 out of 10. Nice. So I guess the well, average score is not yeah. bad. Well, it's a good transition into the letterbox scores. <laughs> okay. Because it has this exact same score, uh, 3.7 out of 5. Oh, nice. Yeah. Perfect. Um, so there's a lot of shared ratings on this one okay so you me give it a 4.5 mm-hmm. uh jensen and slash and captain uh aka kevin give it a 4.5 yeah. as well nice and then tawny jensen anthony and screaming cinema gave it a four out of five sweet yeah so very well received along among our 
group of people. Yes, sir. All right. You ready for the scare section? Yes, sir. All right. What did you give it for a scare rating? So I give it a four out of 10. Uh, I said it was gory and also the realness of it. Because I feel like obviously there's these kind of people in our society these days. Yep. So I feel like the realness is also pretty scary because you never know, especially with what you said, like to get the red laces, they'll just attack anyone. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, that shit's true. So yeah. Um, yeah. Four out of 10. And for scary scene, I had to go with that arm cut. Uh, every time I watch this movie, I'm that's the scene I'm most not looking forward to. <laughs> yeah. Because it's just so graphic and you feel for him. <coughs> Excuse me. And would I survive? I said I would take the go all out approach like Pat and Amber did, but I would not survive. All right. Cool, cool. That bugs you. <clears throat> uh, my scare rating, I gave it a 6 out of 10. Oh, wow. Okay. I said just putting myself in that position scares the hell out of me, knowing there's no way out of that room without facing multiple psychos hell-bent on killing me and my friends. Um, Patrick Stewart's character is so fucking menacing and just feels so real. Uh, I get massive anxiety when I watch this movie, but I, it, it's like a good thing that it gives me that feeling because just the movie was done well, properly. Mm-hmm. Uh, my scariest scene, I also said the the arm scene yeah um i said when pat gets his hand almost chopped off when he pulls it back there's no turning the camera away we see it all and it ain't pretty nope and uh would i survive i said nah i don't paintball enough (laughs) (laughs) i like that nice all right uh that's it i guess awesome all right well, great great pick thank you i would have enjoyed talking about vfw as well so yeah hey maybe you'll pick it for your next one <laughs> no i'm not <laughs> uh my next movie is a movie that's on that 2021 horror list okay i was browsing through it um we're gonna be watching sound of violence sound of violence okay mm-hmm. all right um i read the synopsis and it just sounds really cool uh and i mean it's on the list that we're both trying to knock a few movie- movies off of so i figured why not just seemed like a really oh. original story what's it called sound of violence oh, it's weird it's not coming up on uh imdb oh really <laughs> yeah that's weird it's on letterbox though Oh, it's called Conductor on IMDb. Oh, okay. That's why. <laughs> I was like, what movie did you pick? <laughs> Doesn't have great ratings, but it's an interesting concept. So we'll see how it is. Huh. Cool. Looking yeah. forward to it. Yes, sir. All right. Anything else? I don't think so. Okie dokie. Well, if you guys want to catch us on social media, head on over to a podcast on Elm Street on Instagram or Facebook. 
if you click the link in our bio on Instagram, you'll find links to our T Public account where we have some of our merch. Uh, there's also a link to our Patreon account if you wish to support the podcast that way. Uh, there's also links to both of our Letterboxd accounts, um, our Discord server, our Twitch channel, uh, and anywhere that you can listen to us. Yes, that sir. is all. That is all. That's it for this week. <laughs> all right. Um, we're dropping two episodes this week. So there's obviously this one. And then we are finally wrapping up our uh, December um, villain face off with uh, our episode on audition, where we will be joined by the lovely Miss Felicia from Two Chicks and a Horror Flick. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, you guys are getting a double dose of the boys this week. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right, guys, we'll talk to you later. See you later. <laughs>